This is Soccer Pilgrim, the podcast dedicated to soccer and travel, where each stadium is shrine and its fans delay people. For the traveler, it is another culture to explore. Welcome to the Soccer Pilgrim podcast with Jason Kim. Welcome back to Soccer Pilgrim. I'm your host, Jason Jisoo Kim. And today's episode is with a good buddy of mine that I've known for quite a bit now. And he's, uh, well, first off, he's a sports reporter, a sports writer. I don't know what title I should give you right now, but he's definitely a friend. So I'll leave that as first and foremost. He's a friend of mine. His name is Julian McKenzie. What's up, Julian? You know, first off, hi. Two, I think we've known <laughs> each other for about like a decade now. I think so. Wait, when... Wait, when did you get into Marinopolis? 2011. Oh, I was, I was 20. Yeah, I was here. I'm a year ahead of you. Yeah, wow. It's been over a decade. It's been over a decade. We've, we've, we've known each other and we've been friends. Holy crap. And you, and we live, been, that means you've been living like five minutes away from each other for like a decade or even longer, honestly. Even longer than that, probably. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's really cool. And it, Took you that long to put me on a podcast of yours? <laughs> well, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like to be honest, like I, when I did the Arsenal season, I was like, I was like, what other club should I do? Should I do Liverpool? Because as I'm a Liverpool fan, but then I was like, wait, what club is should be doing better than it is? And I was like, Manchester United. And you're the that, first. That is. I, that is not your reasoning. You were like, I, I'm going to save the best club for last. And like, what club can I like pick on people for <laughs> suffering right now? Manchester United. And of course, I was the very first person that you thought of. Yeah. 100%. So this rub is- it in. Yeah. 100%. 100%. I, know, I know our mutual friend Kofi would definitely appreciate <laughs> this. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, okay, let's, let's get into it. Like, Manchester United, what, what's going on? Like, I, I thought this was going to be. I thought this was going to be the season because of Ronaldo and all that and Sancho. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it, I think just at first, I just thought, okay, well, maybe it's just that they've funneled too much of their game plan into just Ronaldo succeeding because they have all those attacking options in Edinson Cavani and Mason Greenwood, and they get Jaden Sancho, a guy who they've been seemingly trying to get or at least were linked to. Yeah. for for quite some time uh marcus rashford i'm not going to forget about him and then all of a sudden like you get cristiano ronaldo to the club and stacked oh yeah I'll, i mean everyone thought okay they have the the attacking prowess to be a top team in the league and they should be competing for trophies this year and it just ever since it's just been disappointment after disappointment obviously only going to show getting let go and Ralph Ragnick is in place now and he's only a stopgap, but like, yeah, this team has not gotten any better. They're like, how many points off of top in Premier League? And I forget who posted this uh, right. over the weekend, but the only other team I think that has like a worse defensive record is Burnley. And they're like <laughs> in relegation zone. Like this is <laughs> of all the of all the United teams in the last how many years, this is going to go down as the most disappointing because this was the year with all the acquisitions they made mm. where they should have seen progress, where they should have seen they should have been better. This is a team, I think, last year where they were competing near the top in the second half of the year. If it wasn't for them losing, I think, to was it Brentford? There was some club they lost to. In the second half of the year, they had no business losing to, right. and it pretty much killed any momentum of them competing 
for top spot in the league, but they still finished in the top four and they still had Europa League to play for. And then it went to that final. This is a team that at the very least was trying to make itself competitive for tournaments. Now I'm not sure at this point, if they don't, I mean, good luck winning champions league this year, that might be the, the best thing going for them now. And if they don't find a way to do well in that, then this season will be a total failure. Yeah. I mean, also I just remembered that Varane just got onto that team and I was like, what? Yeah. When, when United bought Varane, I was like, okay, their defensive problems are pretty much solved. I mean, like, their they're back line or with that kind of player, you know, it's going to stabilize everything. Ronaldo he's won coming. everywhere, too. Yeah, I mean, I think his entire career was in Madrid, but still, he's won everything with Madrid. So, I mean, he, I mean, he goes from Madrid to United. It kind of feels like one step down in, <laughs> in that regard. Well, now it does, yeah. And now it does, yeah. I mean, otherwise, it would just be a sidestep. But, like, but so... So what's wrong? I mean, like, I don't understand because, like, there's all these things with Ronaldo coming out saying, make those comments. And then uh, uh, Rashford's just like, uh, it doesn't seem to be his old self. Sancho isn't really scoring goals. Like, what's going on? Is it too many good players or is it the coach? Like, at this point, like, what is it? At this point, I, I don't, I, it has to be players. Like, before you could make the excuse and say that, you know, Ole's tactics didn't work out for this team. Yeah. And they were underwhelming and they very much, very much were underwhelming, but they have a different manager in there now. And I can understand trying to change a system partway through the year could be difficult. But when you've bought in on all those players for the amount of money they've thrown at, like the players deserve some blame in all mm. of this, right? Like I, I, too many good players. Maybe it's a situation where the, the way they're set, it's, it's not right for, for the style they want to play or just, something's up in that room or something's up with the set of players that they have and they need to get the right chemistry on board in order for them to start winning like it's 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 a joke yeah man like i just i don't like west ham is i'm looking at the table right now west ham's in fourth and united's at seventh i feel arsenal's like, like in third arsenal's at fifth chelsea's in third sorry they're at fifth but arsenal was a team that at the beginning of the year like i looked at the no I said I went on radio and said they're not going to be a top ten team this year. <laughs> and look where they are now. And look where they are now. Like it's. I mean, like I. No one would have blamed you for saying Arsenal is not a top ten team because they were garbage last season, awful. But this season, it's the young players that just kind of clutching it out, right? And with United, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Mason Greenwood is like the old, and Ronaldo is like the only like shining beacon. Pogba seems to be injured all the time. Uh, yeah, what's up like, with Pogba? gets a few like good results. I, I, I don't know with Pugba anymore, dude. Like at this point, like I'm, I'm just kind of like, I've put my blinders on and like, just, just hit me up when the transfer agreement is set <laughs> for him to go to Madrid or PSG or somewhere. I'm tired of him being linked to leave the club for years on years mm-hmm. on end. Just, and I like Pogba a lot too. I, I love him in the middle. I, I always thought that he had that 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 creativity and attack when he was at Juve and then when he gets to United they just kind of make him into this like general yeah. in the midfield I'm just kind of like I don't like this but like whatever I I always just feel like I just felt like ever since they got him back like United has just like wasted Pogba in the middle he should be so much more dynamic going up front yeah and he should not be in the spot that he's in you see him play in France looking like a completely different player than what he looks like at United. And it's just like, well, what was the point of, of getting him? There's basically, it was just, they would just sign him just so they could like be like, okay, you know what? We messed up letting him go for nothing to Juve. We have to buy him back and they've wasted him. 
They, do you know what it is? I noticed that like I, I was having this conversation with another United fan. This is like two years ago, and yeah. uh, he was saying Pogba is a midfielder that works best in like a four-three-three formation, and United hasn't played that ever. And France, they play that. Juventus played that when they made it to the Champions League final. He's like, if you play him on the right center mid or left center mid, the guy just goes up and down, doesn't stop. And he's more in creative positions. He can shoot. He can do everything. And United, yeah. you're forcing him to play like a defensive midfielder. You're like, you're kind of wasting his talent on that position. You have Fred for that. You have McTominay for that. You have other guys who could do that. Yeah. Like, why are you making Paul Pogba do that? I, I don't know. I guess at this, at this point now, like if you have what Pogba and, and Bruno trying to play like attacking like that maybe that doesn't work or maybe that's too cluttered or you have to do like a like a unique formation for that but like i I just it's just uh it's so frustrating to see that talent just be wasted considering the fact that he was so good before uh and and then you bring him into the fold and he just has not he's had great performances i'm not going to completely denigrate his entire united career but as of late it's just been one mess after another and i just feel like it's inevitable before he eventually leaves I think he needs to bounce. I think uh, I think Madrid might be a, a very good call for him. Could be like the yeah. replacement for Tony Cruz or Modric. Camavinga's there. It's just mad French players in, in Madrid right now. There's so many good ones. And uh, oh yeah, Jesse Lingard. Do you think he should go too? <sighs> I I I think just for him, honestly. Yeah. Like I I, I like him. I, I like the youthful exuberance that he has. Uh, he's he's known at different times to have done some timely things. I'll never forget the FA Cup winning goal he had when Louis Van Hall was was manager. I was mm. like three, four years ago, maybe yeah. five, even longer. Oh my God. Uh, I... But dude but dude is a situation at West Ham where he was amazing. He didn't have the pressures of United and he he fit well in that system. He well I mean one, he got to play and two, like just like fewer less fewer talented players above him taking his spot in the death chart. So I think just for his sake, for the sake of his career yeah, he should bounce just so he could get more opportunity, get more shine elsewhere, and maybe even help his chances at possibly playing more games in England when it comes time. Like, it's just mm. like not to say he's out of favor there, but like, just be better off doing that there as opposed to, I mean, I think so. Yeah, as I opposed think so. to just like kind of languishing at United. I think, oh man, he should go to West Ham or Leicester City, one of those kind of clubs. Yeah. Where- he could literally carry or be a pivotal piece of that team. Like when he went to West Ham, I was like, dude, you belong there. Like stay there. Like you, him and Mikel Antonio linking up. I was like, dude, this is such a nice combination. So I hope he goes to Montreal though. That'd be nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what money? Yeah. yeah how's that going to work out? Oh my God. Uh, let's not get, don't get me started. Clip the foot. I mean, they got Alistair Johnston, so I'm happy about that. That's a good pick, but like, you know. They're and- supposed to get a guy from uh, Nottingham Forest, I think. Gaetan Bong is a guy they were looking at. Really? Is he a forward? He's a, he's a left back, I think. We don't need more defenders. We need a forward. <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, I mean, have you seen what TFC is building there? I mean, they just got in. They're going to get in CDA. Maybe uh, I, I, Yeah, I think that died down a little bit, but I like so. TFC. I mean, TFC, they signed the best player in MLS history to show up. So um, I think Montreal needs all the defenders they could get. Yeah, but like, I mean, like granted, Mason Toy, I always rated him as a really good forward. And then Roma Kyoto, those two would be good forwards. Mihalovic, I think it'll be a good combination. But like our defense is already stacked. So we already got like, come on, Miller, Joel Waterman, and then Alistair Johnson. That's great pairing. I thought, well, both. ZBG uh, still there. He's great. And then Basong is, I think Basong is pretty decent coming off the bench. He's going to get better. 
Yeah, they're, they're a lot of potential. But anyway, back to United. I don't want to talk about Montreal right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I did hear a rumor, however. I want to cap it off here. I did hear a rumor that Marco Arnautovic to Montreal could be a thing. Wasn't that like a thing like months ago? Months ago. But it, something tells me that that could still be in the air. It could be a surprise transfer in the summer. Who knows? But I'm- That would surprise me, honestly. I would that would surprise me. Uh, I haven't gotten any, but then again, you know what? Like, I don't know, just with the way that Montreal has just been dealing with their transfers in the last like two, three years, they don't seem to be the team anymore that is willing to just kind of put the money up and swing for big fish. They seem to be this club that's content with buying low on unknown players, yeah. hoping that they strike it rich and turn them into golden opportunities and then sell them elsewhere for more money. And mm-hmm. like you could potentially make profit off that for sure. But if the hope is to get fans to go to the building all the time and really get behind this team, I don't stars. think that's necessarily a long-term plan for success. Even like you need a star Montreal's a city where they thrive on star power. And that goes for just about any team that's in this city. Even when Johnny Manziel was with the Montreal Alouettes in the CFL and he was bottoming out in the NFL, he was still a star for what he did in college football, winning a Heisman Trophy. You mm-hmm. go to the Canadians, they're a team that is in the dump right now. They're going to need to rebuild their team. But one thing that's going to really help them, they need star players. And yeah. for the CF Montreal, Montreal Impact history, you look back at some of the years where people really got behind this team and really enjoyed it. DDA Drugba, you know, probably will not go down as the greatest player to ever do it in the franchise's history. There are other guys who probably deserve that moniker more, but easily the most known, most talented player. And when he was on, he could literally win games by himself. And that literally brought people to their feet at Stad Saputo. Montreal needs guys like that, but That's what you I'm need saying. Joey Saputo at the end of the day to open up uh, his pocketbook and be like, okay, I'm going to go out and get one of those guys. Literally, like, it's as easy as what Bill Ban- Bill Manning did for Lorenzo Insigne. Go on Transfer Market, look at some of the different <laughs> international teams, yeah. see who has an expiring contract, and be like, hey, come to Montreal. If it worked for Toronto, why can't you do it here? Like, go out and, and sign someone who is, like, sitting on the bench playing at, That's it. in La Liga or something. I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, I think Zaputo's a little cheap in that regards. I think his experience with drug bug kind of soured everything. He's like, I'm just going to. I think that too. I, he's like, I think for him, he's like, I'm just going to moneyball all of this. I don't want to deal with big egos. I just want to moneyball and buy young, young, talented players. If it, I mean, if it works out, it works out. But like, it's not sustainable. You, you, need to not, buy, man. you need to buy one big star every so often to get people back in the stadium, to get people excited, to sell jerseys, you know, to sell hope, really. And, <laughs> I love Sam Piet with all. I love Sam Piet as a person but just because he's, not, like, he's I mean, just always been easy to deal with, but he's not someone who's going to put that's bums it. in the seats in Montreal. Great dude. He is not that guy. He would need help. Like he, and even, and even if you want to go so far with his position, some people would argue that having Victor Wanyama there kind of makes him a little bit redundant. But again, Sam Piet, think the world of the guy. Yeah. He's a Quebecois guy. Good for, and normally people in Quebec love to see one of their own doing something good. He's not that guy to kind not of bring guy. soccer people in the city. Uh, to stadiums and and again like I, I don't mean no disrespect to sam great dude but like i'm sure he knows that too yeah yeah he he's self-aware uh unless matthew schwanyas bags like 20 goals a season then i don't think it's gonna happen but 
back to Manchester United. <laughs> right. Sorry. I don't mean to get you off topic. No, 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 this is good because like, obviously, I mean, you're like a Montreal sports reporter. Like, you know, everything that's happening within the city when it comes to sports. So obviously to hear it from you validates what I, what I'm feeling. I'm like, I'm not crazy for thinking the way I'm thinking about how the team should be. But uh, so I want to get back to, I guess, more about you. How did you become a Manchester United fan? Before, wait, before you jump to that question, uh, have you ever visited Manchester? Never been to Manchester. Uh, I've been to London, but mm-hmm. I've never been to Manchester. I guess how I became a Manchester United fan um, when I was younger, when I was like, I guess like eight or nine years old, one of the first soccer games I ever played was like FIFA 2002. And this other game that my grandfather brought, uh, he went over, went over to England for like a trip one summer and he came back with a copy of this game called FA Premier League Manager 2002. It was basically like football manager, wow. like, like year, like, you know, like an old version of football manager. You can basically take control of a team and you essentially do the same, like nowhere near as intricate and as detailed as football manager is now, yeah. but you get to control everything about the team. Like you can put together formations, buy players, sell players, uh, make changes to stadiums and stuff advertising agreements i think like it was it was pretty detailed for 2002 but nowhere near the same quality as what you get it for like football manager but i would play that game and i was like okay like i'm just going through some of the different teams in the game and i'm like looking through some of them and whatever like arsenal obviously they have terry Henry, like he's great and i think at that time when i was playing it with me i just clicked on man united like you, you hear about the club and they're great and they had a guy on the team named dwight york Oh yeah, it's from Trinidad, and my dad is Trini. Oh, okay. So like, I was like, okay, that's just like an easy like identifier, you know? Like, and I'm not gonna act like, oh man, I watched Dwight York like play like all the time. Like, I think the most prominent time I could think of watching Dwight York is like during the 06 World Cup when Trinidad Tobago Trinidad Tobago made it. But like, mm. yeah, I was just like, it's just easy just to kind of go with United, and I think one of the first like soccer kits I ever got, like one of my this friend of mine, I don't, we don't really like hang out anymore, but his dad uh, was like big into selling these like fake, like knockoff jerseys. He would make trips to China for like six months at a time or a couple months at a time. Wow. And he would just like stock up on all these shirts and he would come back and he would like sell them. I don't know if he had like a, I don't know how he would go about selling them to be <laughs> honest, but I would go over to my friend's house and I would go into like his living room and you're like, you'll see like his relatives are like sitting on these chairs like watching tv and whatever and there's like one sofa where there's just like old like knockoff like brazil jerseys uh it's premier cool. league jerseys just there and like sometimes like his my friend's dad would just like give me one and he gave me this like united one that had like uh the one of their old sponsors vodafone oh on the wow front. that's old and school. it had and it had like um i i guess like, well, it wasn't like a real like badge but you had like the premier league loco on the side, but Premier League on that particular shirt, if I recall correctly, was spelled P R I M I E R. But I didn't care. It's like someone who didn't, who wasn't, didn't have like disposable income to go out and buy shirts. It's nice. Stuff. Like that's every that was everything to me. So yeah. I had like that one. I had like an Arsenal one, and I had a a Brazil one. I remember like those mm. three ones. I was like wearing in in rotation a lot. But uh, yeah, it had to do with just like realizing that someone from uh one of the two countries i proudly represent 
in my uh, ethnicity and heritage was playing for one of the biggest countries in the world. Not to mention they had guys like David Beckham and yeah, and all the like. Uh, Fabien Barthez, I think I, I really enjoyed him as he was a he was a keeper once upon a time for them. Yeah, on Sebastian Veron, obviously. Um, Ruud van Nistelrooy. Oh man, uh, Paul Scholes. Uh, and it was like kind of even that's pre Rooney even, but like Rooney eventually becoming one of my favorite right. players and um and young cr7 yeah yeah young cr7 on the team too but also guys like uh, um louis saha uh, oh yeah patrice evra patrice oh, evra man. like i i wish i could pl- every time i play soccer i i tell myself like i want to play like patrice evra so bad no he's so but, like, oh my god yeah he's so underrated as a defender really so underrated, underrated as a guy on the wing uh a great player i really enjoyed just watching him play and and i i i genuinely like him um but yeah it was just like a matter just by happenstance of just like playing soccer and seeing teams that just kind of identified with and wanted to just enjoy and then eventually just growing up and watching them on weekends when back in the day when tsn had the rights to uh premier league games and and champions league games you just wake up in the morning and you realize oh hey manchester united's on uh mm. there's like a whole year when i was in the states and uh doing like a master's degree and uh i would uh intern i was interning for a local hockey team there yeah and before i would go off to work that day like on a saturday i would get up uh use my friend's login for nbc sports network <laughs> on the tv in my in my in my apartment and just watch Man United games, and then my friend who uh, was also an intern with me uh, would pick me up, and he's also a United fan, so we would just like oh, talk cool. about United the whole drive there. So like, yeah, Man United is a Man United is the club for me, even in these <laughs> weird, shitty times. So it's like it's interesting because uh, your your introduction to it was video games, which is I'm noticing that's a very common thing for our generation. Oh yeah, that they got introduced to a certain club. I have a friend at the Arsenal season. He became an Arsenal fan because he was playing winning 11 and Arsenal be the first club to come up and also was the best one. And he was mm-hmm. like, I love this team. He's like, it's so easy to win with this team. And that's kind of how he became a fan. And do you know the comedian Bobby Lee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, yeah, he was in uh, Mad TV. Yeah, he uh, he's also an Arsenal fan and he shared how he became an Arsenal fan because of FIFA. He was like, they're the first club and they were like always five stars and I always picked them. And I was like, oh, that's like, well, it's, it's, it's interesting to see that. Well, it makes sense, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I wasn't like a big like video game person like growing up. But whenever I go to like my friend's house and stuff, if we weren't playing NHL, we're playing FIFA. And FIFA, as opposed to other sports like NHL and Madden and so many other leagues, like it's so easy to just like, even if you don't play video games regularly, it's so much easier to pick up a controller and like learn the controls and yeah. and play that game compared to like, hey, let's do a Madden tournament with people who never played Madden before in their lives. Like that's and there's all just these plays. The, Oh my god, not to mention the games are so long. And and because <laughs> of how easy soccer just is and how popular the game is, like it's just it's so easy for you to just like one get into the sport and two just latch on to a team and like United was just like this club that I just want to be with. I mentioned I I've, I've been to London that one right. time I went I think was like 2008. So that year they had won uh, Champions League. So I think I went to London like right Whoa. after they won champions league and like i told myself that whole time like i'm not leaving without like buying like a united kit and i went to like one like random like shop and they had like these like t-shirts for united like winning champions league like i bought one that was like a little too small but i wanted it Uh, (laughs) but i eventually found like a like a united kit 
I think nice. when they were sponsored by AIG. So oh, and I, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still I still have oh, I like that, that one. Kit. I remember that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like I like that one a lot too. But uh yeah, that's that's like the first like real kit like I bought. Well, with my own money, obviously. But yeah. like, yeah, it was that's a that's a lot of sentimental value. I still have it. Well, actually, that reminds me. Uh, remember that time your cousin, who's from London, right, who came to visit you? We played pickup soccer with him. We did, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a West Ham fan, right? Nah, he's a Spurs fan. He's a Spurs fan. Okay, no, no, because I remember he was wearing a West Ham jersey. I was like, you a West Ham fan? He he's was like, wearing a West Ham jersey. I remember yeah, I that. Remember. But he's he's a he's a Spurs fan actually. My oh. my buddy uh, Ainsley. Yeah, he's um, it's a weird story. His um. So my neighbor, my old neighbor, uh, had these. Uh, well, I have to consider them family members of theirs. What they would just come every few years, okay. and like we would like hang out. And like he gave me like this super old. The first time we like met was like oh five oh six, and he gave me like this super old like football magazine, and it had like all these like it was like a cool magazine. He had all these guys who were like, oh like Darren Bent's gonna be like the best player in the league, or these guys like it was. It's like a like I think yeah. I have that magazine somewhere. Yeah, uh, I know it's not a video thing, so it's probably not going to matter anyway. But like, yeah. it was just like this cool period piece. But like, off of that, we just bonded over like football and and soccer. And eventually, like, you know, we would come over a few more times, and we just like we like that one time we played pickup soccer together. Like that was that was cool. Like I always wanted to like do that just because I know yeah. like, he was a better. He's obviously a better player as soccer, and obviously he's in the culture more. Like he's yeah, like he just being able to do that with him was like super super cool but like anytime it's like spurs versus united we don't the, the rivalry isn't as doesn't burn as much but like i like to kind of poke them and be like hey we beat you this week <laughs> like i i like to do that every now and again you know but uh, honestly like spurs the way that they are i know they haven't won a trophy in five thousand days and maybe this is mercy <laughs> to say this i I think I, I wouldn't have a problem with being a Spurs fan. I kind of like, yeah, okay. I like the players that are there. I, I like their look. Uh, I learned um, late in my grandfather's life. I know he passed away like two, three years ago. One of the last phone call conversations I remember having with him before he essentially was on like dialysis and got to a point where he wasn't like speaking all that much. Right. Uh, he just told me like, yeah, like I would growing up, I was like a big like Tottenham Hotspur fan. And I was like, wow, wow, like I like I've like you've been my grandfather like all my life, and I never knew that you liked soccer to the point that you liked a Premier League club. So like, uh -huh. Spurs will always have a soft spot in my heart, uh, just as like a secondary club. Okay, that's. I nice. mean, I guess third club because like I like I like Spur, I like United, and I like Inter Milan. So I guess Spurs is like mm. third. Okay. Also, I'm playing a uh, FIFA 22, and uh, I'm doing the like a like a my career like player mode, yeah. and uh, I basically like I create my own guy, and like I've worked my way up to the <laughs> point where I'm playing in the Premier League. I got my guy bought by Spurs, but they never put me in the lineup, so I'm actually oh. on loan. <laughs> I'm actually on loan with Burnley, and I've got them <laughs> atop the table. And I'm looking at Spurs, and they're in like eighth, and I'm like, no, I want my guy to play Champions League next. Year. <laughs> but yeah, uh, sorry for the tangent, but like, no, yeah, no, like no. It's, I uh, I mean, it's that's, a, yeah, it's a nice thing. I mean, like, it, it's a beautiful thing to know that, you know, your grand, like you said, your grandfather, who you knew your entire life, he had no idea he was a Spurs fan. But was he no idea? Was he was he living in London or was he I mean, where was he raised? So so my grandfather on that side of the family uh, was born in Jamaica. And okay. that's my mom's side of the family. OK, uh, yeah, yeah. but like he uh, I forget when he, he moved to Canada, but essentially he moved to Canada with uh, my mom and her twin sister. And um, like, yeah, they, they I think they lived in Toronto for a little bit, but they lived in the South Shore of Montreal for 
years on years on years and uh yeah like i would see them i would see him and and my grandma like pretty regularly pretty regularly together and you know we try to make the point to visit them at least a couple times a month or no more no fewer than like once a month i guess right uh but yeah like i just i knew him as a bruins fan as a boston bruins fan for years (laughs) one thing i realized though not again another side tangent but I i think if you talk to like people who immigrate to Canada or immigrate to Montreal from especially from Caribbean countries or just like other places and you realize that they like hockey there's a very good chance they're not Canadians fans because they because they come to Montreal they see that all these like old French white people like love the Canadians (laughs) as much as they do they probably don't see themselves in those people but they see a team like the Bruins and they realize oh hey they hate the Bruins I'm gonna root for the Bruins I knew a guy who came up from like I think St. Vincent. Yeah. And he came up around the time, I think when like the blue, the St. Louis blues were like a fig and he ended up being a St. Louis blues fan growing up. What's but like, yeah, but it's, it's, it's like, think of like all those, um those different indigenous communities. You go out to Ganawage, like they're, it's a big Boston Bruins territory to the point. Oh, I remember when I was true. At, when I was at CTV Montreal, like two, three years ago, uh, the Boston Bruins were in a Stanley Cup final against the St. Louis Blues. Um, they were they this that year that went to a game seven. And the I don't know who from the Mohawk Council of that community called the newsroom, but they let us know that if the Bruins won game seven of that series, they were gonna hold a parade like the next day. <laughs> like that's how that's like oh, again, side but like that's just that's it's just something that I always just thought was just really interesting. But all that to say, like, yeah, like uh, it was it was interesting to see that, like my grandfather, like we talk about sports like all the time. Yeah. But it for whatever reason, we never talked about soccer. I got to talk to my dad about soccer. Like my dad used to coach me. And that makes right. sense. But like my grandfather, for whatever, you know what it is? Because my grandfather, I don't think he ever like played like sports and stuff. He liked watching it, but he was never like an oh, athlete or anything. Yeah. So that's probably why. And, it, and I also think, too, if my grandfather would be like, yeah, I played I played sports and stuff. I'm not sure if too many people would believe him because he just does not come across as the most athletic. He did not come across as the most athletic person. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why. But like just hearing him just like randomly like talking to him on the phone like one afternoon and he just brought up. I forget how it got to that point. But hearing him talk about that, I just thought like for a moment like, wow, like I wish I knew this like a long time ago, you know, but I'm glad that I knew uh, that he liked Spurs uh, before he passed because yeah. I don't know. That just that just means a lot. Of course. I mean, now I'm wondering if he had told you like 10 years prior that he was a Spurs fan or even when you were a kid that yeah he was a Spurs fan, would you have been a Spurs fan? I probably would be in the situation where I'm at now where like I would probably have them as like a second team. I might like them more than Inter. They'd probably be like a true like second team. Mm. But like, I, I don't know if I would. I think I think United plus like United being as good as they were. You can't like, say, it's undeniable. Yeah, like I, it would have been real tough for me to just be like, "Hey, bye, I'm gonna leave like the greatest like English Premier League team <laughs> to go be a fan of Spurs, a team that hasn't won a trophy in in like years." Like as of now, it's been like over like five thousand days. Like that would have been a really tough sell. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna go the hipster route and be a Spurs fan before they get all this money. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know. mean, but hey, I probably would have been there when Gareth Bale. Was oh a thing. yeah. 
Modric, Van de Vaart, uh, yeah, Peter Crouch. Bad players. Bad players. I remember. I remember oh, that. Peter Crouch. Peter. Oh God, no. Then I definitely can't be that. I can't. Definitely couldn't. Nah, Why? screw well, that man. You don't like Peter that Crouch? man. I really won that man. Oh Wait, yeah, bun him. What, what what has he done or Two, said? 2006 World Cup, England versus Trinidad and Tobago. Oh, it was like near. I it was like now. nil yes. nil for both of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking. This is a dude who's like six seven. Man had to pull on a man's dreads to I, hit a ball in. I remember. Bun yes. Peter Crouch. Yes. Bun Peter Crouch. <laughs> if I ever meet Peter Crouch, I'm saying it to his face. Yeah. Um, he probably gets that so much just walking around London anyway. Yo, if Peter Crouch. Peter Crouch. Oh, man, I through, forgot about if, that. If Peter Crouch walked through Port of Spain and people knew who he was, I think they do for sure. They do. <laughs> you know, people don't forget. They be especially. I like that man. Yo. Oh yo, my god. <laughs> I, I I can't I can't I can't ride with Peter Crouch, man. I All can't right. I can't ride with Peter Crouch. It's it's like it's like it's like it's like you you being a tall dude in your kitchen trying to get something from your pantry, but you still need a ladder. Like what you do? Well, Why are you doing that? Why you pulling on a man's dreads to get a goal? Why it, you doing that? Yeah, then you hear arguments like, oh, he'll do whatever it takes to win. It's like, yeah, but that's kind of a low blow. Like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, no, no. It's a high key, a low blow. It's a high key, a low blow. Yeah, it, 100%. It's like, yo, it's, uh, yeah, and he's six foot seven. You don't need to do that to a man who's a, probably like six two or six, like he was shorter. That I remember. I remember, it's all coming back to me now. I remember that. Um, but, <laughs> oh, man, I, that, that's, I remember the controversy because I think I was watching a YouTube video where he brought that up and I, he got like, I think he went, I think he said he went to Trinidad for a vacation and then he realized what he had done. He was like, oh no, I was like, I shouldn't be going there. And uh, I, I, I think that, yeah, that was like a Sky Sports interview. But anyway, but like when you go to, okay, when you went to London, did, yeah. did you ever bring up the fact to people from like, to Londoners that you were a United fan? Like how did he react towards that? If you remember, if that even happened. <laughs> Um, a mixture of confusion, uh, but I did encounter people who were like, oh, yeah, I'm a United fan. Like, yeah, like it was like a mixture of people were like, really, you're a United fan, but you're in London. But also there were people in different like I like got the hotel I was at. Like, I think there were people who were like, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a United fan. Like, OK, like that. I thought I expected a little bit, a little bit more animosity, I guess. But yeah. like it, it kind of worked out that way. But also like with the way the trip worked, like I got to go to London because um i was in a shakespeare theater troupe in my high school and oh i remember we, yeah i remember you told me this and we visited uh this town called stratford upon avon which is where william shakespeare uh basically became who he was uh doing his plays at the globe theater in the town which is still Very there cool. yeah uh, obviously more modernized uh fun fact there was a globe theater in stratford upon avon in england and a globe theater in stratford ontario what? Which, uh, which uh, I believe, if the story is correct, um, on the steps of the Ontario Globe, Globe Theater, uh, some kid would like play guitar like all the time for a good while. Then he got famous on YouTube and Justin, Justin Bieber. Bieber. Oh, yep. my that's, God. I think that's the story. Yeah, that's but uh, I've been to both. But uh, yeah, I went to Stratford for three days and then I went to London for another week and that was cool. Like it rained half the time, no that's shit. England, but like <laughs> it was, it was, it was super cool. It was my first time uh, going away somewhere without my parents. And oh, yeah, yeah, I it was nice. with like, it was really cool, but yeah, I needed to like find a way to like come back with like some kind of like United paraphernalia and like mm. just 
show off that that was my team, even if they were up in Manchester, like further north in the country and yeah. not at all in London. But it was funny when I was in London, I was, I was talking to, um, I was talking to some, I went to West Ham game, right? So I was talking to like the two guys sitting next to me. They were like older men from East London, like a typical East London accent. So I asked them, I was like, how do you find international fans? They're like, well, you're talking to West Ham guys. So we don't, we don't have that kind of experience, but they're like, this yeah. is our, it's like, this is our view. They all fucking suck. It's like, they all suck. <laughs> they're annoying because they're supporting the best teams. They're just annoying. We hate them all. And then like, That's fair. <laughs> but he was like, he was like half joking. Cause at the end he was like, I honestly, I don't care. It's like my team is West Ham and I don't care about anyone else. I'm like, oh, fair enough. And then, um, <laughs> I just remember that when he was like, yeah, I just, they're just annoying. And he was like, he's like, he looked at me, he's like, I know you're an international fan, but I can tell you know what you're talking about. He's like, but what's worse is when you get those American tourists who don't really know soccer as profoundly, and they're like United fans, and it, that's what upsets them the most. They're like, oh, oh. bandwagons. Like, you know, you're not even into it. But do you ever come across like British, I mean, with, with the cousin you spoke about in London, like, did they sometimes see you as like, you're not a real football fan like me? um i've never gotten that experience before okay not with them i mean like definitely like i don't even just think about them too you also think about people in caribbean as well like how they yeah you know, what, oh, you know what's an easy them. tell you know what's an easy tell when like you use like soccer a lot with like either people in the uk or people in the caribbean because yeah. that's obviously not what they use yeah. but me growing being like a, a someone of west indian descent like I'm able to switch from like soccer to football. So already right. I think it that's like a very easy thing. But if you're able to get over that hump, they'll look at you. Uh, they'll be like, oh, okay. You're you're not like a bloke who just says like soccer. Yeah, yeah. Major league soccer. Like you're <laughs> you'll see you know it's football, like the way the rest of the world uses it. I, it's a small thing, but I think that's enough to have people kind of like lower their guard a little bit. But I've never really gotten into any like intense discussion about football with like i guess beyond my 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 cousin i guess like i haven't really gotten to any like intense discussion with anybody about right. football like beyond people in my own like footballing community i guess which is a bit of a shame mm. but like it, it'd be it'd be cool to just kind of like do that but i also i i watch sports for a living and like i i think i i don't i don't know if i'm not gonna act like i know every single thing there is to know about football of course. But like I, I think I could handle myself in a conversation 100%. Uh, with someone who knows. I mean, you're still like even like you're you're still one of the few people I enjoy talking about football with. Not just not just soccer, but like, I appreciate that. No, like not not just soccer, but like any sport, even about music. And it, I mean, before we recorded, we were talking about Queen Latifah for like 20 minutes. So like <laughs> <laughs> random person to talk about in pop culture. Yeah. And it was like, it wasn't even like, hey, what's up? I was like, yeah, I was watching this movie the other day. And it was just <laughs> Yeah, man. You remember when she was in these movies? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you ever watched Barbershop? <laughs> I forget which barbershop she was in, but yeah, like we were yeah. talking about Queen Latifah before we started. And like I said, that's why I like I was ex- I, that's why I was excited to do this with you because I know that I just I love talking to you, man. And um, me like, too. What, oh, thanks, man. But you know, with Manchester United, it's I I find it okay. So a lot of people find it interesting. I became a Liverpool fan over mm-hmm. let's say Manchester United or Tottenham because Sonic Min at Tottenham, that Park Ji Sung and Manchester United, and uh, even my Korean friends were like a little upset with me. They're like, why? And and uh, okay, it's gonna be a, a bit of a long story. So like when Liverpool won, sure. The, when Liverpool won the league, 
I saw the way they celebrated and they're like the guardian, I think it was the guardian. They put like this three minute video of like three generations of fathers waiting for Liverpool to win. It was like really emotional. It seems like all of England just started crying when Liverpool won a, a little bit of over celebration. If, uh, if I'm being honest. And then I realized that the way the internet looks at uh, Liverpool fans is the same way as the internet looks at Boston Bruins fans. Just like Boston fans are just the worst, you know? <laughs> Interesting. So, I do not get that. I do not get that feel at all. I get, I see that a lot online. And um, Interesting. In, or the same way the rest of Canada looks at Canadians fans. They're just like, oh, you guys are annoying. You guys suck. You're, you know, you know what I mean? Like there's like, I, you know what, to me, you know what it is to me personally, maybe not, maybe not Canadians fans. Boston Red Sox fans. And it's perfect because yes, same ownership group. You know yes. why? Because once upon a time, Liverpool was at a point where they were not winning anything or they yes. weren't winning that much. Like, yes, they won Champions League in 05. And actually, one of the greater, one of the better Champions League finals we've oh, ever seen. So much fun. Yeah. But like, they weren't winning the league. So when they won the league, and we all know how big of a deal that is to them, like everyone got behind them and everyone's like, yeah, they finally did it. It's amazing. They finally did it. Kind yeah. of like when the Red Sox won the World Series for like the first time in 86 years, they broke some curse and everyone's like, uh, yeah, they're the lovable losers. They finally did it. The problem with those two franchises are is that they just kept winning and the fans got more <laughs> and more insufferable. So everyone's just kind of like, oh, God, like these guys win. The, pro- the thing with Liverpool that's different from Red Sox fans, because Boston fans get the reputation of just being obnoxious. Yeah. The thing with Liverpool, I find, is that maybe I'm not sure about the fans, but the personalities are just damn likable. I was yeah. watching, um, I was yes. watching Mo Salah getting interviewed the, for the GQ? GQ Sports. Yeah. I love that. And like, really good. I, I like, I was like, wow, like this guy's like a really cool guy. Like, like I, I can't stand the team that he plays for, but I also <laughs> like, like I came away from that interview being like really impressed with like how he conducts himself as a as a player, he believes in himself, but also seems like a like a down to earth guy, like a human being. Like they made him look really good. And Jurgen Klopp has turned himself into one of the best managers in the world. Well, also, yeah. like of all the managers in the world in, in football, is there any other manager you would want to run into at a pub and drink? Hundred percent. Yeah, that's- like he he might be the guy. Who else? Ted Lasso. <laughs> not even a real guy i got a real guy <laughs> but Jurgen Klopp might be the guy you would want to have a drink at a pub with the most of any manager in any league in the world ah uh, so true i mean okay that's a good point because liverpool everybody on that team you don't hate everyone's likable like even even if you don't like them as a person as a player you're just like damn but he's just that good like yeah the def- van dyke's arguably the best defender in the world like 100%. nobody can get past him dude the dude is I seen him play live again. Oh yeah, so I went to Liverpool Manchester United game uh, once right. in in Ann Arbor at the Michigan Stadium. Dude, it was hundred thousand people. Insane. Big house. I want, dude. It was insane. I it, like I was in the Manchester United section where all the Koreans were. I was like, okay, well, I kind of fit in, I guess. Because <laughs> <And>, um, <laughs> like it was because it was funny because like my friend who bought tickets, he's he's Korean and a Manchester United fan. He was living in Indianapolis at the time. He's like, dude, mm-hmm. I bought two tickets. You're coming, and I'm like, I'm flying, no problem. So I went, we went to the game and we're just having to sit with all the Korean fans. We're like, okay, we kind of fit in, but I'm like standing up singing. You'll never walk alone. I'm just like, everyone's like, sit down. I'm like, fuck you. I'm singing this song. <laughs> and um, I was, I, but it was, but it was so much fun. I had such a, I had such an amazing experience. And I remember thinking that um, we bumped into these Irish fans who flew in from Ireland to watch this game. 
And the way they talked about Liverpool, they kind of gave me this vibe. I was like, you don't understand for our, our perspective. He's like, our entire families are Liverpool fans. Our grandfathers are Liverpool fans. Our great grandfather yeah. are Liverpool fans. We have family who lives in Liverpool, you know? And I was like, there's a cultural, there's cultural layers that I was like, I am so separated from that. You know what I mean? Do you feel that way with Manchester United at times? Uh, like the like family aspect of like I like yeah. I, I I don't have like a my dad is a like he was a Chelsea fan I think but like I think okay. he was just because of like the way that the team was doing at the time it wasn't like something where he was like man I've been a Chelsea fan like forever it was just like oh that's just the team that's just doing really well right now I'm gonna oh, root true. for them um but yeah I don't I can't think of I can't think of too many immediate family members who may have a love for United. One of my good friends who was my Sunday school teacher, uh, but like we're like good friends now, also like a big United fan. And like we'll we'll like talk to each other after like games and stuff. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll wear like United kits and stuff like he's 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 a big diehard fan. One of my friends who uh, I still haven't met them in person, but they work for TSN. Mm -hmm. A good guy by the name of Matthew Shinetti. Uh, we are both Man United fans and New York Jets fans. So we just bonded over the fact that we like those two teams, two different <laughs> brands of football. Yeah. And like, we'll also text each other like, man, like this game went off like did, did this or whatever. Like, well, so it's not like a family thing, but it's like uh, like just the, the the passion of being a United fan. I, I feel that with like close friends and I and like just there, there's community out there. And like when you're, and like I can think of other friends I've you know, I've crossed paths with who are United fans as well. And like when you're even if there are people who are like I can think of people who like I don't talk to regularly or like I, I haven't seen them in, in so long. But like if United does something well, I know I'm gonna get that message from them on DM. Like, <laughs> yo, uh, yo, like did you see that save from De Hale? Like, yeah, bro, like, yeah, like we won. Like it's when you're a United fan. And I'm sure it goes for every other club, but like when you're a United fan and just in my experience, like you are going to like, you're just in that community. I can think of another time when um, I watched them. I, th I think this was, this might've been when they won Europa league mm -hmm. is that's either that day or the day they came back to beat PSG in oh, uh, yeah. champions league. And they okay. did like a late penalty at the end to win it. And like, I remember just like, there's like these United fans, like at this bar I was at with like a few other friends who were neutral. Like one of my friends was there as a Liverpool fan. Another friend was there uh, as a Leicester fan. But like these, like this group of like United fans were just like being rowdy, whatever. And I wasn't like doing anything with them at first, but like when it got to a point where like, I think it was the PSG game where like, there's going to be like a penalty and like, we were going to like get a chance to win. Like I, I started like going over to them. And like we were just like losing our minds, and like we're all taking photos with each other at the end. I'm in some random United guys like photo, probably on Facebook somewhere, and they have like no clue like who I am. So like I don't know. It's just I guess I got swept up in the into the community of it all with with United fans. But there definitely nice. is one. Yeah, it's definitely nice. I mean, I remember. Um, oh, this is oh, this is a bad memory for you. So I was in Toronto in earlier this earlier this season of Premier League, and uh, I went to go watch Montreal play at BMO Field. Uh, a friend of mine was like, I bought tickets. You want to come through? I'm like, yeah, I'm, let's go. And then the, the day after, it was Ma Liverpool for Liverpool at Manchester United. So I was like, okay, yeah, let's, go, let's go. Yeah, let's go to the bar and watch it. We're watching and we're like, uh, it's like 11 in the morning or something. So we're like just ordering like our coffee or food or whatever. And then it was 1-0. And I was like, oh, it's a little early. And then, you know, the goals just started racking up for the most solid with a hat trick. And I remember just screaming, being like, 
ah, like, you know, like they're garbage. Like uh, Maguire is not good. Valverde <laughs> is not there. Like this team is scrap. Ronaldo is kicking Curtis Jones on the floor. Like this. Yeah. Thing, you know? And um, yeah. it was funny because the guy next to me who's British and he was like, I looked at him. I was like, are you a Liverpool fan? He's like, yeah, I'm a Liverpool fan. I'm like, yeah, let's go. And like down the bar was like a Manchester United fan who was just like not having it. He was not having what our antics. And I remember just being in that moment. It's like, it's, it's moments like that where it's, it's nice to be a Premier League fan because you'll always bump into someone. You'll always be. They exist. They exist. They, and it's, they exist. They're out there and they're, they're, they're like, they're, they're fun. They're amazing. Like I, I, you, you like, and sometimes like you'll never expect it. Like I could think of like two sets of friends of mine who I knew from like journalism school and um, they're like, one of them was like my TA and I knew them to be an Arsenal fan. And then like, I met their wife and like, they're both like diehard Arsenal <laughs> fans. And like, they'll come up with like these like most random chance for like Robin Van Persie who bolts up to United. <laughs> like they're like, you'll never like when you like come across people who are like diehard, like football fans, especially when it comes to like Premier League teams, like it's, mm. it's really cool to come across them. I mean, do you think that also because we're in an English speaking world, it's that uh, we feel like, I mean, because this is what I'm thinking, right? Like, would mm -hmm. this be the same? Because I was thinking, like, would you have the same experience with, like, a Serie A team or a League Earn team or German League or what have you or Spanish team? But then, but also because we're Anglophones in the English-speaking world, we're only going to come up, most likely going to come across uh, Premier League fans, right? But do you think that same experience is happening, let's say, within the Francophone communities with, let's say, with the French League and different parts of the world, let's say, I'm a Lyon fan living in Morocco and I bump into a guy from Quebec who's also happens to be a Lyon fan as well, right? Do you think that's happening? I mean, maybe. That's the power of football. You could have all these different unique uh, connections that happen. Maybe there are two people who are both from Trinidad and Tobago and they happen to live in England and they're bonding over the fact that they love Joe Public FC. Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's possible. That's just the power of, of football. I think one reason why Premier League teams end up getting the attention that they get uh it's all the money that's poured into those teams the yeah. personalities who go play there and also those those teams that are being shown on television like i like think about it there are people who grew up in this country in canada that we're in right now who woke up every weekend and they watched a premier league team on tsn or sportsnet whichever network had them mm. and that's what got them into football is it as accessible to watch like a league earned game here maybe not as accessible not it's only now we're seeing like like tsn has la liga games on now they got in a little late after messi left and ronaldo <laughs> left but you can watch uh, La Liga Spanish games on TSN now. Which is uh, so Fubo TV, me. funny enough, I think just bought the rights for next year for the next three years for the Premier League. So yeah. I wonder how that's going to go. But uh, I'm, I think, I think Sportsnet has Bundesliga rights. I think so. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because gold, when they I think do, when Gold TV went bust, essentially, man, oh, yeah, yeah, that was not that was the high Gold TV. But like, rest in peace, Gold TV, bro. yeah, for real. And then I remember I used to watch La Liga on Gold TV, but Gold, and then La Liga went to be in sports. And I was like, I'm not getting be in sports. And then Bundesliga went somewhere obscure. I have no idea where. And then, but it's a good point because, like, whenever you get TV before streaming, right? The sports package would always have TSN. And TSN had Premier League. And Champions League or was it Sportsnet? Whatever. Yeah, they, you get. Yeah, yeah. You're you're what you're able to watch those two things, and then like every so often you get lucky. It's like, oh, a FA Cup, a FA Cup match. Like, oh. I think Sportsnet had those at one point. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it's so definitely, uh, yeah. So accessibility is definitely the best word for it because it's also fun to bump into older fans who've been watching since like the '80s, right? And I'm like, how did you? 
where'd you go? Like, did you just wait for a newspaper to print out the results? Like, well, how did you find, how did you watch these games? Yo, I, I imagine myself like watching soccer in the eighties and the nineties and like being completely frustrated. I had a prof at Syracuse who worked at ESPN in the nineties. Well, like for a couple of years. Yeah. And I think uh, one, he worked on the like FIFA 94 coverage, like, like when they were had the world cup in the U in the States and I think might have helped with like producing like the score bug, like the scoreboard that we see for like soccer games now. Like he helped oh. kind of make that into like a thing. Like, like oh. I, I'm just like looking like grainy footage from the old days. I'm like, what minute is it? What's the score? <laughs> what, like what's what's going on? Like yeah. we take it so like I feel like if I was transplanted even back to like 96 or something, I would oh. lose my mind. Like, like, I don't know what's going on in this game. I don't know what minute it is. Like, I don't know who has what goal or what. Like, I, like we, we, like we're in the information age where we have to see, like, we don't need it, like, plastered and all over the screen, but we need, I need, like, a score bug. I need to know, like, this stat, this thing going on at the same time. So you're right. Like, for those people, like, back in the day, it was like, man, I missed this game. Oh, well, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to just like read the newspaper the next day. If I'm watching the game, like, I mean, I could pull out my phone. I could like yeah. pull up the zone app on my TV and like watch a game and, and like go on Google at the same time and figure out what stat is like, what stats I need to figure out. Like, it's just, man, I could not imagine myself watching soccer in the nineties. I can imagine it being very fun, but knowing how I am now where it's like, okay, like I'm used to knowing what the score is and mm. what minute it is at all times. I would have lost my mind. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't imagine that because like I remember I remember when I was a kid in elementary school I would always like I would never know when let's say hockey games would be, would be happening right I would just turn on TV hope it would happen because like I just mm-hmm. never kept track of schedules but I always went and looked at the newspaper the next day so I go into school and one of the teachers always had his newspaper I was like can I see the sports section and that's how I kept yep. track on everything even with soccer that's every, how I always kept track which is like oh. a really old school way of keeping track, even for like the early 2000s. So you said you've never been to Manchester United or I mean to Manchester City. Yeah. I mean, do you ever, I mean, how bad do you want to go watch a Manchester United game at Manchester, like at Old Trafford? Uh, I would put that pretty high on my bucket list. My, okay. I, I'd be pretty good to, you know, save up some money, be get at a point where, you know, I have like time in the summer and maybe I time it right where, the season starts mid-August. August is a dead period for the NHL. That's the league I cover mainly. Yeah. Fly out to Old Trafford, watch a game, and hopefully not leave the field disappointed. <laughs> Which you probably would. And but I <laughs> <laughs> but it'd be fun though. <laughs> it'd be fun. I mean, if you experience, I mean, first off, you get to see Old Trafford that the stadium itself must be like incredible. And yeah. or, or or let's say you let, let me present you a dilemma. You're in Manchester yeah. and you can't get tickets to the Old Trafford game. I mean, to a game at Old Trafford, rather. But uh, there are tickets readily available, decent seats, very cheap. But it's Man City. Against who? Uh, I think that man, that matters for me the most. Like, if okay, it's like so Man it's a, City. It's a conditional, if it's, yes. If it's City versus Spurs, I'm going. If it's City versus like, if it's City versus like a really big club, like I'll go and I'll root for the other team. If it's like City <laughs> versus like, like Liverpool. West Bromwich Albion, I'm not going to watch City get an easy dub. Okay, well, okay, then what if it was City versus Liverpool? I'm going home. <laughs> really? But like, you wouldn't I'm just go watching. as a neutral? No, I don't think I could do that. Oh. I don't. I mean, maybe, or I don't know. I guess it depends who I'm with. 
Like, yeah. I, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm hating. Like, City of Liverpool is like two <laughs> of the biggest clubs in the world. Like, yeah, I'd go, but like, ah, uh, jeez. Like, I, I'm not going to be the idiot who wears like a United kit that tries to be contrarian. I'm just going to wear like, <laughs> like a basic shirt, like just there. And like, I'm not going to celebrate for either team. I'm just going to be like, which I think I could do because, you know, as a yeah. as a media person, like I'm used to like being neutral and just be like, oh, oh, that happened. Oh, OK. And not like cheer. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, if my friends go off or whatever, I'll be like, OK, whatever. Fine. Cool. Do you <laughs> like congratulations. And, you know, you get to enjoy the experience. You get to be at at uh, the Etihad right. and be like, oh, OK, that's nice. Uh, it's good to see what your money can get you. That's nice. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This is just uh, you tell I'm very bitter with City. Uh, yeah, yeah, I could sense the, I could very much sense the, you're very angry with the amount of, like, I don't understand how they could be this good without a striker. They sold Ferran Torres and they're probably going to get Holland in the summer. They could buy the, you know, I, I okay, this is my, this is my theory. Um, uh, clubs, if, they get Hall, if they get Holland this summer, oh my God. Yeah, it's going to be, I don't know, that team is disgusting. It's a- it's a wrap. It's a it's wrap. A wrap. You, might as well, you might as well not have the Premier League season. It's going to be City and everyone else in a distant third. Ain't no even need to see who's going to be in second place. Yo, it's like, City and everybody else. That's the thing. It's like in the beginning of the season, I was like, Liverpool, Chelsea, City. Okay, it's going to be a tight race. Now it's... No, it's, it's not happening. It's City and everybody else, bro. I hate this. It all started from that damn why always... No, you know what? It started from that stupid Aguero goal. That's oh, why I can't look at that man the same. But, I, I, I wish him well in retirement, but like that man yeah. broke my heart in 20 million places. But that Aguero moment was like such a, that's a trademark Premier League moment. I mean, imagine. Do you want to know my story with that moment? You want yeah, to know my yeah, story yeah. with that moment? Yeah, please. So that day I was in church. And <laughs> I was in I church was, too. <laughs> I was in church that day. I was uh I was in my youth choir at that point. And the way that my church, uh, so at that point, um, our building normally is downtown, but it had accumulated a bunch of mold and decay. And we were actually fundraising money to basically fix the building. So we had to be in a temporary spot, like across town. And we were basically like in a decent sized sanctuary, but the way it looks is, and I mean, it would have been the same thing if we were back home anyway, but the pews are set where they're facing directly at the front of the room. And like, Everyone on the other side, like, you know, there's these pews there for the different choirs to, to be at and chairs that everyone's sitting on. And like, I'm trying to like duck behind like a few people and just like check my phone because like, I don't want people like looking up being like, why is, why is Julian <laughs> checking his phone? And I wasn't just like some kid that like nobody knew, like people knew my parents and stuff. So like, I knew people would probably like look at me and be like, oh, hey, look at him. But I'm trying to figure out like what's going on. And for people who don't remember, like United was at Southampton and, and City and, and Queens Park Rangers were playing against each other. And United needed to win, but they needed uh, City to not win. I think they, I think like a draw would have been fine. And they got like yeah. a late goal. I think yeah. even Jekko scored. And then um, Aguero eventually obviously did what he did. But like at that point, I'm not watching the game. I wasn't streaming at that point. Like I'm just like looking at the score app, just like yeah. trying to see the score. And then church ends. And I remember like United was like, winning and i don't know if at that point if i had seen if city had tied it or not but like i remember thinking like okay like it's church like we got to get out of here i gotta go home there's like another friend of mine uh well someone also at church who's like a big united fan as well like we're just like yo like i think we got this like it's gonna be good whatever be great <laughs> i get home and i see on my phone that city won so i know they won the title 
the like the very next day, um, I think Sports Center was like airing some segment. And like I hear like the beginning, I see the beginning of the highlight. I turn the TV off and I managed to go an entire, I hadn't seen the goal. I managed to go an entire year without watching the highlight. Entire year. But I like, went a whole year without like, like if I, if I even thought I was going to like hear it or see it, I'd like turned away and I went out of my way to like not watch it. It only took me like a year later where I like, I sat down and I watched the play and I was like, wow, this, this is, this is like the greatest moment. In it's Premier League history, Dude. it's the greatest. It's the greatest moment in Premier League history, and it came yeah. at the expense of my team. Like, of course, I'm gonna avoid this. This is terrible. <laughs> it's awful. But objectively, like, like it's it's one of the greatest sporting moments of all time. And like, sometimes yeah. I like to like look back on like crazy moments that have happened. Like, I'll go back and watch like that like random like Watford Leicester. Uh, oh yeah, game that relegation that, like, battle. Had the yeah, the relegation battle and like they had the the penalty and then like it ended with like Troy Deeney scoring. Like that's amazing. That's yes. amazing. That's amazing. That's incredible. And I had like no stakes in that, obviously. But like I can't watch Aguero do it. Like I can't watch him. Oh I, man, I, I remember I was I was at church and I I wasn't like I knew like I wasn't a hardcore Liverpool fan, but I was Liverpool biased at this point. I was like I like Liverpool. Yeah, it's probably like I always watched Premier League as a neutral, but. I think when they because you're because you were a bigger Madrid fan at that point. I was a bigger Madrid fan. It was just easier to swear Madrid. It was just like they have Ronaldo, Kaká, Di Maria, Ozil. Like Benzema wasn't even the best player. They were stacked. The stacked team. And I remember um, when they bought Luis Suarez. This is before like his whole racist incident with uh, Patrice Evra. But like mm. it was, I I remember when they bought him, and I was like, I'm going to support this team because I remember the way he played in the 2010 World Cup. The handball, which made me laugh all the time. And I'm like, this guy's oh. an asshole. This guy's a good player, but also an asshole. You I basically got- just outed yourself as a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not even Ganyan, but like that 2010 <laughs> World Cup where he takes the handball and then sees the penalty and like celebrates as he's like walking off yeah, the field what after an he asshole. gets the red card. But like, what an asshole. Oh, but like Ghana was the last African cup at yes. the World Cup too. He completely denied them that dream. Like Luis Suarez already, like I did not like that guy. And then he goes to Liverpool. Like, okay, I really don't, <laughs> really like, don't that like that guy. And then he and then he gets an incident with Patrice Ever. And I really, really do not like that guy. Yeah, I, 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 I I hate him. I, I hate that man. I do not like I, I don't hate a lot of people. It takes a lot for me to hate people. I yeah. I vehemently dislike. Luis Suarez with a passion. And I can understand that you can look at him and be like, hey, man, he was able to do all these great things on the field. That partnership he had with with Leo Messi at Barca, he's going to go down as one of the more known players we've had in our generation. I cannot stand this dude. (laughs) I do not wish that person well. I don't wish ill will on the person, but I do not care to wish that person well. Well, that's the thing is like I... I got excited because, like, I remember his performance at the 2010 World Cup. I mean, granted, I did really feel I really wanted Ghana to beat Uruguay in that game because, like, and Uruguay was good. They were, dude, that was a great team. Cavani, Luis Suarez, For- Diego Forlan, who was killing it. You former United uh, player, player, Diego Forlan. They used to call him Forlorn, which I'm like, hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. I, I mean, these British fans are amazing with the nicknames. So funny. They nuts, bro. And then, um, when he went to uh, Liverpool, I was like, okay, I got I to gotta start watching. And he was killing it with Raheem Sterling, Steven Gerrard behind him. But, like, where was I going with this? Anyway, point is, is that I, that's when I started watching Liverpool. But I remember that Sunday, mm-hmm. and I was watching – I remember one of my friends is a United fan. He didn't show up to, uh, to, uh, to service. And I'm like, oh, maybe he has exams or something. But I was like, it's May. I think it was, like, May, right? I was like, it's May. I thought, aren't exams, like, kind of over? 
I was like, where is he at? And then he doesn't come, he doesn't go to church, but we had soccer later on. And I saw him, I saw him at the soccer field. I was like, yo, where were you at church? And he was like, I was watching the the United game. And he was like, saying it this way, I was watching the United game and Manchester City won the league. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, City won the league. He's like, no, you don't understand because I wasn't paying attention to what was Yeah, happening. you had no, yeah, you had no clue. I had no clue. And then he broke it down. I was just like, oh, you lost bad. You lost yeah. in a very dramatic way. And then I yeah. went, I went home that day. I went on YouTube. And it was like super potato quality footage at the time. And I was just, all I, all I could hear is not even the play. It's the commentating. That's all I can remember. It's just Martin Tyler, man. He, amazing. It's, it's his, like, I'm sure if you ask him, that's the greatest call he'll ever have. And like, if you watch it, like, I would get goosebumps. Just think about it. I wish I could be a neutral because I know stuff like that. I would enjoy it. And just like, like the moment everyone running around, Hearing Martin Talia, I swear you'll never see this moment again. And everyone's celebrating. Yes. Like, that is truly one of the greatest sporting moments of all time. I just can't stand to watch it as a United <laughs> fan. And it breaks my heart even just thinking about it. But like, it, I, 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 I don't know. It just, I, 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 I can't stand it. Okay. Well, actually, now, now we brought Martin Tyler. You, someone who's commentated live games. Is there something about Martin Tyler that you just like look up to that you're like, because like for me as a, as a consumer, like everything he says, the way he says, he just does it at the right time. Is there something specific about his style of commentary that you're just like, it's incredible. Like that's something I would like to replicate. So <laughs> like I, I I like I like Martin Tyler. I think he's okay. I don't think he's good. At, I, I think Peter Drury is like surpassed him though. Mm. Martin Tyler is like a very like classic. Uh, knows British. what he's doing. Yeah. They're not like typical British, but like he's. Like sometimes like he'll go through a game and like he, he won't get too hyped up if like a goal happens like the first few minutes because he knows like it's a it's a marathon. You realize in these games, mm-hmm. like when you're calling a game like 45 minutes at a time, like you can't be out here straining your voice like the first few minutes in, right? Like that's why oh, Gus Johnson, who that's why Gus Johnson, like in like the first few minutes, like he's like a guy who covers like NFL, college basketball, whatever. But he's a guy who naturally gets like hyped up. They put him on like Champions League games. Uh, like a couple years ago, but like that never like took like his style doesn't like work. Like you have to like, att- I, that's how I imagine uh, commentators would do it. Like, okay. Interesting. It just being like super hyped for like 90 minutes. Like it's, and if like, I don't know, like you have to like kind of go with it, but I, like, but like Martin like- Tyler, our Martin Tyler's like good and he can be very like, like he, like he gives you like a classic, he's like a classic quintessential, like, football commentary like if you're trying sure. to like imagine okay. what like a guy okay. would sound like it'd be him but with peter drury i find he does a little bit better than than martin tyler is that when the moment like when a goal is scored when the when the moment kind of like presents itself for like greatness or something amazing peter drury does a better job of painting a picture and and describing it and giving you those goosebumps and not mm. just saying like, oh, it's a goal. It's like adding like a nickname to a particular player who's doing like really well and describing how this team has, I don't know, come back from a two goal get two goal deficit. Yeah. When it looked as if they were on the brink and they've vaunted themselves to the top, or a team that is demolishing, in this case, United, I guess. I've I've unfortunately been on the other <laughs> side of that. But like a team like that would be like, it's, it's stunning. Or he, Peter Drury, I just find, has a, I think, in terms of soccer commentators around the world, I think he's just the best at describing moments, 
make even if you it's a game you don't feel any akin to any team like yeah he'll make you feel feelings for any team and i think he does that better than anyone but martin tyler deserves uh, some consideration uh arlo white i think is really good as well um ian dark who uh does games at espn uh john champion who calls uh mls games now Mm -hmm. i think he's pretty good too um nigel reed uh shout out to nigel reed who called the uh the world cup for canadian women's soccer at uh, the olympics oh very cool medal yeah yeah he's pretty good um for me uh, ray hudson well well ray hudson is like in terms of like like (laughs) color commentators like he's he's the most vibrant colorful oh yeah He's that him and like before. I don't know who he's working with now. I think I think he does like Inter Miami games, but like him and like Phil Schoen, like those two together, like yes, they, they worked like really. Well. I love like, I love that combination. They were great together. They were they were really great. There was like that one call where like Real Madrid like scored some amazing goal, and like Ray Hudson <laughs> was like describing guy like it was like it was like a matador in high heels wearing a pink <laughs> tutu. Like he's he like Ray Hudson will just come up with like the most like random random sets of stuff to put together also i'll shout out luke wildman who does stuff for tsn as well he's really good like thing i remember my favorite hudson quote was uh el classico game and i think it was Mm -hmm. di maria dropped puyo like di maria just completely embarrassed puyo at the camp now and i think he said he spread puyo like a canadian man wearing a, a spandex speedo on a miami beach i'm like that just sounds like Ray Hudson. And he I just mer- comes up with these analogies <laughs> that you would so never even think funny. to put to words, but they work. It's like it's like I don't know what that means, but somehow it makes sense. You know what it I mean? It makes perfect sense. It makes it's the most ridiculous thing. <laughs> He's so good. He's so good. And I was, I love that man. I like I, I. That's so funny. Wait, you see? Oh yeah, you went to Syracuse, right? Wait, who else? I did like, go to Syracuse. Yes. Uh, Notable Syracuse alum who've played in MLS. I can only think of a few off the top of is my head. I believe Keishon Buchanan yes. went there. That's right. Uh, Kamal Miller, Miller. was a Syracuse alum. Yeah. Uh, Patrice Bernier once upon a time oh. played in Syracuse. Yes, big, he did. Big players, big Canadian players. Big uh, Canadian players. I've I've been a huge Tejan Buchanan fan since day one. The first He's I think good. I've talked about him so much to you. Like um, I think the first time I saw him was at the Olympic Stadium versus Montreal, and he came on in like the 70th minute. The moment he touched the ball, I was like, oh, this kid's incredible. I was like, this guy is different gravy. He is so good. And then Kamal Miller, actually, uh, like, I kind of personally know him now. And I'm like, oh, shit, like, really cool guy. Yeah, yeah. Flexing on you, Julian. But I'm- <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I had, like, a football manager mode with uh, where I took over uh, Montreal Impact, where there's still the impact. I think I like football manager 21. And I traded for him from Orlando City for, like, a first and a second round pick. And like I don't know if you notice in like football manager, like uh if you're like a manager, like they have these like owner, um, I guess kind of not guidelines, but like critiques. Like okay. they'll give you like a thumbs up or a thumbs down for stuff. And they'll be like, Hey, you're doing a good job of of keeping the team like in playoff contention with your roster. Mm-hmm. And it's like a thumbs down, like we don't like the fact that you gave up draft picks for Cabal Miller. <laughs> oh, wow. But like in MLS, like with the way the super draft is, like. Who cares? Who cares? Like, yeah. Who cares? Like, I don't care about like if the like the, those draft picks ain't gonna mean that much to me. I got myself a defender of the future. I don't know how old Kamal Miller is. He's like, like 24. Is he like, okay? He's so he's like, he's like young. a little younger than us. Yeah. Like, you've got like a future center back of the future, yeah, for like picks that 
would have probably amounted to relatively nothing. Guys who I would have probably loaned out to for three, four years mm-hmm. and then eventually given up on them because they wouldn't have been good enough to crack the lineup anyway. At least Kamal Miller can crack the lineup. Now, I don't think he wasn't as good as he was as he was this season, but he at the very least was a lot closer to the lineup than whatever draft picks I would have taken. Yeah. I, I rate him highly. Like, um, I think he's one of the main reasons why Montreal's defense has been super solid. I mean, he's probably one of the main reasons. Also, why Team Canada's defense has been ridiculously good. Actually, did you ever think Canada was going to get this good? Not this soon. Not this soon. I thought, it would, I thought we'd be like parents with kids. And I mean, yeah. we're, not, we're technically not that far off from that, I guess. But like, I thought we'd be much older. I did not expect us to be at a point where like, yeah, Canada would be within striking distance of making 2020. I thought like for me, like a couple of years ago, I thought, okay, 2026 is when Canada gets its like its ish together. Yes. And like they, they're, they're at the world cup, but like they maybe hopefully they don't try like embarrass, like just, just have favorable be, results. Be respectful. But like, yeah. But like in 2022, like I like the, they might qualify. And then all of a sudden, like, okay, I'm thinking like, okay, just have favorable results in that world cup. Like I'm not expecting them. I don't know what the expectations are going to be like if they make the world cup in Qatar, but like if they get like a point or two out of it, depending on who their group is, like that's pretty good progress for a nation that I think at like their only other world cup showing, I don't even think they scored a goal. Like I don't remember. They, I think they lost all their games. Like 86, like they didn't like, the bar is so low for Team Canada at this World Cup. If they make it, like if they get it, like a draw, like that's a huge deal. You know, if they go up against like Chile or like Peru mm. or I don't know what countries are in it, like they would that would be like a huge, huge, huge deal. But also like just just the performances that they've had to this point, they've met like I one, I never would have thought that I'd be able to see Canada beat the states even in any kind of oh, fashion yeah. until like another few years beating mexico not only beating mexico but beating them at their own cave essentially mm. by making the conditions as hostile as possible ice in teca. the ice teca that is one of the best sporting moments i have ever like sat down and, yes and watched uh like that was that was really cool to see and like i never thought i'd be in a situation i thought it would have taken like years or maybe I, even never to think canada could ever beat mexico in a, in, yeah. a in a soccer match in and, a football match that, that's incredible and let's not even forget that like they tied mexico at the azteca stadium at azteca they, they tied mexico which i'm like that's not an easy feat for anyone nope that's that's incredible like that's impressive and Sam Adekubi's celebration where he jumped into a snowbank I'm like that's like a heritage moment right there for me that is an iconic Canadian celebration like we should be put it like when the same place where we put Bobby Orr diving (laughs) after winning the Stanley Cup like we should put Samuel Adekubi's celebration diving like it doesn't get any more Canadian than that do you know that 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 celebration went really viral because that's when people started like first off they're like that's the most Canadian way anyone can celebrate and every yep. Canadian resonated with that. We're like, we want to do the yep. same. And also, be, you know, Point of Vuj, uh, like we used to be at Copa 90, and now they're like soccer influencers in London. They're like one of the bigger soccer influencers in, in, in the UK. Even they were talking about it. They're like, we should start watching Canada. They're like, they're catching a vibe and no one's paying attention. And I was like, dude, like this team is stacked. Like it's Yo. so much promise. So much promise. Like It's uh, the fact that like, the players are like, it's not just like, okay, like they found a way to get like some really good, like MLS players, like the best, pl- like, like Alfonso Davies. And I hope he's okay. I know he's got a mild myocarditis, 
but like he is one of the best left back, the best like defenders in the world. He, mm. I, I mean, it might still be the case. He might be the fastest player in, so in football. Like I got to, I got to interview him for a story for five thirty eight yeah, a few years ago. And like, that's still like one of the greatest journalism achievements of my life. Like I got yeah. to like interview him. And I mean, I know it was during like a group call with all these other like journalists, but I got to like ask him like questions like directly. I think oh, I yeah. still have like the audio from that. Like, Yo, like better. That's, that's a big deal. That was a big deal for me. 100%. Like that's, that's, that's huge. Like seeing him do well, but seeing Kyle Wyron uh, do well, yes. that's a guy who was like killing it in, in MLS before he ended up going to, to Europe. But Jonathan was. David, like people are wondering, like, is he going to Arsenal? Is he going to Liverpool? Is he going to go to another club? Like, I love it. I never thought we like Tejon Buchanan, like signed for like a club in Belgium. Like yeah. that's and it's a like, good club like, too. Yeah, it's a great club. Like, like, like I, I never thought we'd be at this position, not only where Canada was cultivating, like was getting these like decent results, but some of the best players in the world, or some of the most sought after players in the world are Canadian. And yeah, I just didn't expect it this soon. I knew it would happen one day considering the composition of our country, but I didn't expect it to happen this soon. And what I'm wondering now is now that Canada and soccer is like, is starting to get better and better and better. How is that going to resonate with the people who watch and the people who get in to the sport? Because we know how yeah. accessible soccer is and we know how easy it is to, you know, you pick up a ball, you, you get your shoes on whenever you start playing, but also like, how accessible is it to watch these games? Like people who are in control of like the big multimedia conglomerates yeah. and all that, like they have to, like they picked up on the fact that they're in the qualifying and they're like, okay, you know what? We got to start televising some of these games because people are starting to get behind that. And the effects of that after the fact, like, you know, is that going to cause people to want to play more soccer? Like we're, we talk mm -hmm. about it for like the women's side about like, Hey, like, you know, more and more women need to see themselves uh, playing at the international level on TV somewhere. And also they need to find a way to make a Canadian super league for those players so they can watch them at home, but also for the men, considering the fact that up until the last two, three years, like the, the program was like well far behind in terms of prestige, what the women have been able to create. And now they've turned themselves into a team to watch. And I'm just curious to know, like in terms of the visibility of that team, the visibility of Canadian players, just in general, like, what are we going to do in this country in terms of how that media is diffused to, to everybody? One soccer yeah. has a huge job on their hands as a network that is supposed to cultivate to the pure hearted Canadian soccer fan. Like they better, they better make sure that they're up to challenge, but also TSN and Sportsnet need to also recognize that like, this is a property that's worth investing in. I'll even throw to zone Canada in there too. Cause that's a place where you can watch soccer there for the time being, but like, you know, you got to like, I wonder, I wonder now that since they're not going to have Premier League rights for the next few years, they don't have money tied up in that. Do they start putting their money mm. in in Canadian soccer friendlies and seeing if they could split stuff with one soccer? I don't know if that could work out that way or if they pursue. I don't know. That's just that's just a question I have, because I, I think I think the moment's just too great for them to not capitalize on. It. I remember having this conversation with Darby and uh, we were talking about it. I think on the Darby cast, we were talking about it. And there's been talks that TSN, like the bigger network, especially like TSN and Sportsnet. Uh, there's been talks or even conversation, even I think CBC may also probably got involved with this conversation where they're saying we might they might want to look into play, broadcasting the 
the qualifiers at friendlies over one soccer. So I think it's going to get political among the TV ex- executives, if you will. And, and that's where I was saying is like, this needs to go out to the public and it needs to be on, you know, public TV or free TV. So like CBC or whatever. Yeah. But then, like, but like the, it, we need to be, I can't be like, I'm sorry. Like if I find myself in a position where Canada needs to, I don't know, they need to beat El Salvador to make the world cup. And I have to buy like a day pass on like one soccer. I might do it because I might have the patience for it. Mm. There are millions of people across this country who might not have that patience for it. And no disrespect to one soccer, but the quality of their broadcast, they still have ways to go to get better. I appreciate the fact that they're there, but like, I want better for one soccer. Like that's a game that should be seen on TSN. I should be yeah. able to go on my phone and pull it up on TSN direct or if Sportsnet has it, Sportsnet go. Even if you ha- you're simulcasting with with one soccer essentially and you have Gareth Wheeler and I guess Terry Dunfield I guess yeah. calling that game, like so be it, whoever it is. Like, dude, I'll watch the game on mute. I don't care. Like it's just like I want to watch that game. And 100%. I think millions of people in Canada should be able to watch that game and should be able to partake in that moment. But I'm sure when it comes time for that, they're going to make sure that it's, it's, it's visible. I think people in Canada realize, uh, and I, I, I think they realize that this is not something that they should be like, you know, not televising well or not doing justice in terms of broadcasting. I, I definitely agree. And also, I think what also helps in their favor is that, um, the women's gold medal win in, in Tokyo, I think yeah. 4.4 million Canadians tuned in. So 4.4 million Canadians woke up at like 8 a.m. at Eastern time, which means 5 a.m. in Vancouver time to watch a gold medal game for a women's soccer final. So imagine that for a women's game alone, imagine that kind of hype for the men's game once they get to the World Cup or even for qualifiers, right? So it's like the numbers are kind of there saying that you should be doing this, right? Oh man. And and with that women's team too, like they deserve a lot of praise. 100%. I hope that when we celebrate, because I think the Canadians men's team should be able to do it, but when we celebrate the men's team and we talk about how soccer in this country is something worth watching and getting up for, especially at the international level with the men's team, I hope we don't forget what the women have been able to do for the yes. better part of a decade. Because remember, like before the gold medal win, like they had the result in London in 2012 where they went yeah. where they get a bronze and they they compete year in and year out and we have like the greatest and I know Alfonso Davies is very close to being the best soccer player we've ever produced it's Sinclair but until further notice but it's Christ, it's Christine Sinclair 100% no other player male or female has more goals internationally than she does yeah that's the thing oh, I got to ask her a question once and I was so happy about that uh it was, man that must have been great it was nice. Uh, I asked her about, um, I think I, I asked her point blank. It's like, is it time now for Canada to have a professional women's team? She was like, yeah, 100%. She's like, I don't know. Yeah. what. She's like, I do not know what people are waiting for. I don't want more Canadians going to the States. I want them to stay here, play professionally. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I, then I, I should have asked her. I was like, if you own the franchise, what would you call it? And then anyway, but that's. Uh, hey, whatever. But like, like, like if we're able to, to cultivate the CPL. Oh, and- yeah. Which is doing amazing, by the way. There's- yeah, that's great. Like that's a that's a league that is is they they said, hey, we are not like a feeder system for MLS and whatever. Like we are our own thing, and it's a great opportunity yes. for for people who would go play on like a U sports team, and then their soccer dreams would essentially die, and then they're just you just find them like in a Catalonia sportsplex, like digging out people who like, you should be playing somewhere. Like yeah. that's, that's just an opportunity. 
for people to get that next step. And hey, if they're good enough, maybe they get discovered by an MLS club. Again, they're not trying to be a feeder system team, but it does happen. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a credit to the league to see a guy like Joel Waterman come up from Calvary and then eventually make it onto an MLS squad. Like that's, that's huge. Yes. That's that's a really big deal. Like I I think that that, that's credit to that league. That just goes to show the talent is good enough to play at high levels of professional football. Like it's, it's great. Do you know, um, do you know who Mohamed Farsi is? I've, I've heard of him a lot. He seems to be really good. I kind of met him once. I went up, I went to a futsal tournament in Laval and he had, he, him and his friends had made a team and I watched him play. I was like, just the way he touched the ball. I mean, futsal and regular soccer, obviously different skill sets. Different, different thing, yeah. Different thing. But, like, even the way he played was, like, a a pro player. But you can tell just he was so quick, like, really quick. Then the most of futsal guys were not as quick. But you could tell by the way he dribbled was, like, an out, outdoor player. But anyway, yeah. I, I remember talking to a guy named Gianni, the owner of uh, Passion Soccer Boutique. He told me his story. He's like, do you know how this kid got discovered? And I'm like, what happened? He was like, he went to a futsal tournament in, in Toronto. He did really well, and some scouts happened to be there and said, "Hey, uh, I'm a scout for uh, for Calvary FC. We're interested in you. You know, here's some tryouts. Come through, makes it on the team." And I was like, "It's like thank God for CPL because these guys would have just fallen through the cracks, and he yep. would have just been playing with his friends all day and unprofessionally." Yeah, so, and like I'm sure we know people or know of people who like 10 years ago like went through something like that. Would they have been CPL quality? Who knows? But like. Yeah. Now some of those people have an avenue for them to go. And if the women have that same opportunity as well, like that would be great. You know, that would, mm-hmm. that would be amazing for them. That, that helps them uh, realize like, it's so hard to be a, a woman in sports already with the lack of professional leagues available to you. If you want to play yeah. almost whatever sport you want to play, not to mention, and not to mention if you do get to those ranks, like you're not getting paid at all, almost anywhere close to what the men are going to get in the same sport. So I I just, just like put establishing some type of women. I think just starting off with a team in Toronto, like that's a start, but like give us the damn league, give us the damn league. There's no reason why we can't have a league that has teams across the country where women's teams can play against each other. The Calgary, a Montreal team, a Laval team, if you want, like, you know, there's no reason why we can't have that. Exactly. Like if Montreal had a women's team, I'd, I'd definitely go and watch like all the games. Cause like if it's soccer, I'd go with you. If it's soccer, if professional soccer in Montreal, I'm going to watch. If there's a CPL team in Montreal, I'm going to watch. If it's a women's team, I'm going to watch. Club de Foot, I already got my season ticket. I'm going. So until they get Dog, it. Dog, I watched like a Canadian championship game with like like AS Blainville and like yes. a, some team from like York or something. York United, we, yeah. And like we like drove up to like some random spot. I, I forget like somewhere like like yeah. 20, 30 minutes like north of the city. Yeah. It I, was it was not like I think Blainville got the better of it. And like people were, like throwing like flares. Like if you look at the park, like you think it's like okay, just some like basic, like like I like I like in the league I play in the summer, like it looks like someplace I would play at. But like that's yeah. where this like Canadian championship game was being played, and the fans were just like amazing. There's a soccer culture here, like it's a, it's we need there. to enhance it. I, that's the thing. Sometimes I have a conspiracy theory where the hockey people don't want it to happen because they see it as a threat. That's my personal conspiracy. But Man, maybe and here's here's the thing. I think with with hockey now, like uh, you're, I real, I'm realizing more and more, like like the way hockey people in this country like hockey, but they like hockey for their own team. Like mm. in Quebec specifically. And you, they see it, especially like on the French side, because Tevea has the 
like rights exclusive for NHL rights. games, like exclusive yeah. rights for NHL games. Like, like their 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 NHL stuff, I'm sure will do better than like MLS games. Like, especially if they get like a random NHL game versus a random MLS game, people are more likely going to watch the random NHL game. But like, if a Canadian team is not there, people tune out. Like mm. the like, what really gets people crumbling and like people like shaking in their boots in this country if they work for Sportsnet, if they work for TSN, maybe more so Sportsnet because they have like the English rights in in this country. An NHL postseason with no Canadian team, nope uh, that that is a nightmare. That is like, nightmare. oh my god, you're asking Canadians to care about American teams who may have some of the best players in the world and people maybe worth watching, but like. My team's not in it. Why should I care? The Montreal Canadiens are going through like probably the worst year of their franchise. People oh have tapped God. out for from time. People in Toronto right now who are used to their team perennially losing every first <laughs> round, like they're not even excited about their team this year. Edmonton is like the best player in the world right now. Yeah. They have like had like two wins in their last 14 games and they oh might straight up miss the playoffs. So basically, like Beyond the Leafs, it might be just them, maybe Vancouver, Winnipeg, okay, Calgary for whatever reason, like they look good, but for some reason that market's just weird where people just don't get behind them. The thought, the fandom of, of in this country with hockey is just very regional, and we've mm-hmm. just invested so much money in it and invested so much resources in it. There's a reason why, like people want it to work because obviously people want their jobs, like yeah, cats, but like. For a network like TSN, where they realize, man, like we invested so much money in hockey and we let sports that take like the national rights for this game, but we'll keep the regional rights for certain teams. But we have money where we can, you know, have NBA games or Mm. or soccer stuff or other stuff. Like, I don't know, like as this country realizes, like, okay, like, you know, hockey's kind of like everywhere. Like, maybe we don't need to be focusing the hockey as much, not to mention it's expensive as hell, not to mention the hockey culture the bad stuff about it likes to rear its ugly head every now and again. Mm-hmm. There are so many other alternative sports, uh, alternative options you can just take, which are, could be cheaper to get into. Maybe the culture's a lot better to get yeah. into than hockey. Like it's going to take a while, but there's going to be like this transitional phase where like hockey is not going to be the sole dominant sport in the country anymore. And if they don't realize that they need to be more accessible in terms of money, in terms of how they I guess, kind of present themselves to people. Maybe it'll take a few years. Maybe it'll take shorter than that. But at some point, they're going to lose their footing to some of these other sports in, yeah. in this country. Tennis is another example of this right now. The Australian Open is on now. And Denis Shapovalov, Felix Ojealiasim, uh, Lila Fernandez, like yeah. some of the best tennis players in the world are are, are Canadian, you know, and, mm-hmm. and they're expected to compete. Bianca Andreescu, like, they're, like there are other sports that are starting to rise in prominence in this country where hockey doesn't have to be the dominant sport anymore. I like, I'm grateful for the fact that I can make a living into it, but if TSN calls me tomorrow and they say, Hey, do you want to be part of our world cup 2026 uh, coverage team for, you know, you get to like host like the broadcast for that. Like, hell yeah. It's a, it's a dream assignment. Oh, hell yeah. I want that. Yeah, of course. That's, that's why like, when I when I go to Impact Games, or oh, well, called it Impact, like when I go to Clip the Foot Games, man, I know it's like happen. a Man United podcast, but like I'm fed up of that name. No, <laughs> but it's um, uh, 
But when I go and I see the people who come to the stands, I can kind of tell just by the way they look and the way they talk. I'm like, these are originally hockey fans. These aren't soccer fans. But because they come to uh, to these games because it's cheaper and they, I can just hear the way they talk about the game. They just find it more exciting because the you know the ultras are chanting and there's like the fans are a little more um, expressive in their own way and in, in the soccer specific way. So yeah. I think it's attractive for most Quebecois people who are a little disenchanted with the Canadians or just disenchanted with hockey for whatever reason. I wouldn't say disenchanted, yeah. but just kind of need a break from it from in the summertime. Yeah. And there are people who are genuinely like Montreal sports fans. Like, yes, yes. they have like the brain set on like the Canadians because they watch them as much. But there but are will- people in the city who genuinely like to support the Canadians, uh, CF Montreal and the Alouettes. So yes. like, yeah, like they, they, those people exist. And like, it's not just like five, six people. There are hundreds a lot. of thousands of people who like all three teams and they want to see all three of them do well. That's very true. But um, anyway, Julian, I think we've, We've we branched out far from United because I felt like we said everything that needs to be said, which is yeah. uh, they're uh, they're a good team. Uh they're just not good. <laughs> just not good. <laughs> like they're they're a talented team, they're just not good. And that's and they change coaches, fix nothing. Ronaldo kind of wants to leave and he should come to Montreal, of course. But uh I don't, I don't know if I want I, <laughs> I I I have very mixed feelings on Ronaldo just because of the you know, the Ray Baggies Asians and stuff and oh, just how yeah, he's kind yeah, of presented yeah. himself. Like I, I, I distanced myself a little bit. Like what about, I remember when United signed him, um, just feeling like very like conflicted about it. And I was texting one of my good friends, uh, Shreen Ahmed, who I think is also an Arsenal fan. Okay. Uh, but she has, she also really great podcast called burn it all down. You should check it out. Ooh. And, um, great name. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great podcast. Great name. And, uh, we were like messaging each other. I'm just like, man, like I'm very like conflicted. Uh, I'll pull up the text actually because uh, I'm sure I have it somewhere. <laughs> but like I remember just feeling like very like conflicted. Like oh, I don't I don't know if I like the fact that Ronaldo was there because like he obviously has what he has going on, and like I just like I see everyone just being like so happy about it, and I'm like I can't be like. But yeah, that's sports fans happy right? they, about it. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's wild. I, I'm gonna find this. I'll, you know what? You go. Okay, here we go. Um, I think I found it. Like okay. I was like, "Hey, how do you feel about this?" And she's just like, "Uh, I can't like, bring myself to be excited about it. I'm not excited about this." And he's like, "You guys got money to burn?" I'm like, "Yeah, we want a trophy." And she says, "Like you are getting a rapist." I'm like, "Well, <laughs> that's a really good like a really well, good lie. You're not well, wrong." Well, I mean, and I know like with court and stuff, and I guess I should say allegedly because I don't think. Oh yeah. Allegedly proven, just allegedly. Allegedly. But like the accusations I were enough for people to be like, hey, like what's up with this dude? Like what's what's going on here? Like, Mm. you know, it it just uh I so because of what I know that the like I I distance myself from any like celebration of CR7 and stuff like that. Like it's just not something that like I I uh I'm not I'm I'm good with just being like, all right, if you want to do that, that's your business, but I'm not gonna be out here. Uh, championing CR7. Not to mention, I was a bigger Wayne Rooney fan anyway. Ah, okay. I think that explains a lot of it. And yeah, you know, what did Wayne Rooney do? Just like hook, cheat on his wife at Derby County when he was coach? Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I can't speak to his infidelity, but but uh, I did get to be in a scrum with him when uh, DC United came to oh, Montreal very cool. once. Very that cool. was cool. One of I have a photo of it on 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 Instagram. What was disappointing, I think, was that um, 
I don't know if I got to ask a question. I don't, I might've, I don't remember, but there was like a guy who worked for the team who basically like hogged the entire media availability. We were like outside uh, the lock. We were outside like their locker room. Yeah. And like, he's just like there. And I'm just like, that's Wayne Root. Like, Star oh my Shark. God. Like, yeah, like oh, that was amazing. That season I got to see him. And I think I got to see like, I think my very first game covering uh, the Montreal impact was uh, they were playing yellow galaxy and, uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic was there. Oh, the fans. And, uh... and he got hit by it. But, or like he, or like what happened with him and Michael Petrasso. Yeah. Remember, remember that? And he got a red card. Yeah. I was like, oh man, well, that sucks. Like I was looking <laughs> forward to watching for a whole game, but uh, no, but uh, yeah, man, it was, uh, I, I'm more of a Wayne Rooney guy. I, I think Wayne Rooney is a, you know, amazing player, mm. uh, great striker in his heyday. Oh yeah. Has, I think for my money has the greatest Premier League goal I've ever seen the bicycle kick against City. Uh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I think he has, I think he has that. Like he's, he's a, a solid guy. Again, I can't speak to his infidelity issues and what he might've done with other guys, but yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, 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 I was more of a Rooney guy than CR7. That's fair. That's fair. Anyway, Julian, thank you so much for pulling up. Uh, for those listening, it went from a United fan to general sports talk, but that's kind of my conversations with Julian most of the time anyway, pretty and, much. But and also, I don't care if we're not talking about United enough because, like, I just I just love talking to this guy. So, Julian, thanks for coming through. Really appreciate it. And uh, definitely gonna have you back for some other episodes. I don't know what, but definitely do this again. Um, Let me know there, when you want me back on, man. Hundred percent. Is there anything you want to plug for people to know where to reach you, or whatever? Uh, so subscribe to the Athletic. Uh, I know I do more NHL stuff, but uh, we have a great uh, MLS team and we have uh, great coverage of the uh, Premier League teams. Uh, guys like Karl Anka and David Ornstein do a great job covering teams like United and other, some of the other English Premier League teams. So uh, if you got a couple bucks to spend for the year, I'm sure the Athletic has some great deal that they put out every few weeks. Mm. Uh, so subscribe to the Athletic for some great journalism, some great content. Uh, we got bought by the New York Times the other day. So oh, uh, big I news. think that's 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 big news. So I know that's, hey, maybe one day you'll be able to buy a New York Times subscription with The Athletic. Who knows if we'll get to that point. I don't Ooh, know. I'm just nice. talking out of my butt. That'd be nice, I guess. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, check out The Athletic. And uh, yeah, it's a great place to get some great sports journals and great content, great podcasts, great like everything. I, I know I'm a little biased, but uh, it's a great place. Awesome. 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 Julian? Thank you again for coming through. And to everyone, thank you for being audience from Montreal. This is Zaka Pilgrim. Thank you.